The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. The land could not contain them. Somebody is coming to that season. The land will not be able to contain you. <laughs> For now, it looks like it looks like you are you are experiencing hand to mouth. For now, it looks like you are feeding yourself. But the time is coming, you'll be feeding a whole village. You'll be feeding a whole nation. You'll be feeding a whole generation. That is what's going to happen to you. God will give you, bring you into the season of more than enough. I was going to teach on something different, but I felt the Lord wants me to teach something that uh, maybe is for someone. Amen? Maybe it's for someone. So, uh, I will title tonight's teaching The Parable of a Certain Rich Man. The Parable of a Certain Rich Man. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 12, from verse 13. Luke, chapter 12, from verse 13. I read, it says, then, now, maybe I give you a little background to what is happening here. Uh, so, as a background, we can actually go and read from Luke chapter 12, from verse 1. Amen. Amen. It is self-explanatory, so I don't have to... Uh, explain a lot. So let's read from this one. I read the Bible says that in the meantime when an innumerable multitude of people gathered together so that they trampled one another he began to say to his disciples first of all beware of the living of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy. So he's talking about the leaven, and the leaven he's talking about is hypocrisy. Now, how many of you know what a leaven is? The women will know, but the men might not know. Uh, maybe some men might know. Amen. A leaven is yeast. A leaven is yeast. It causes a flour to rise up, isn't it? And when it is put in a, in, the, in a flower, it operates secretly to an extent that it causes a flower to rise. So Jesus was teaching and he said, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. And look at the leaven of the Pharisees. He said the leaven is hypocrisy. Verse two, he said, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. It says, therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in the dark 
will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear of inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So we have to be careful what we are saying secretly. Because whatever you are saying secretly, what will happen? It shall be revealed. Some of your very best friends, when you stand with them in heaven, when God is playing what is said behind you, you will be shocked. As for Jesus said, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you to whom you shall fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. And not five sparrows are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Uh, Jesus is saying that your hair is numbered. For those of us who baba our hair, we baba it one day and the next day it comes up. It's a mystery, isn't it? And there is no machine that can count the number of your hair invented or shall be invented. God says he knows the number on your hair. So when one falls off, he knows. Why are you worried? Why are you looking for what will make your hair grow? <laughs> he, he knows it. You know, most of the time people think I don't have hair, but, you know, I cut my hair almost twice a week. When I cut my hair on Sunday morning, by Sunday evening, it's grown. <laughs> my wife says, what kind of hair do you have? I have so much hair. If I leave my hair for one month, this room will be too small. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. I have so much hair, so I have to cut it almost every week. So why are you worried? Don't be worried. Are you listening to what Jesus is saying? I said don't be worried. Someone say I will not be worried. Someone say I will not fear. Don't be scared. Better things are coming for you tomorrow. Doesn't matter what you see today, better things are coming for you tomorrow. Verse 8. It says, Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man 
also will confess before the angels of God. So do you see the great invitation there? That's why we have to tell people about Jesus. When we confess Jesus about, we tell others about Jesus. When we stand before God, Jesus will tell the Father about us. That's why we cannot be ashamed of Jesus. You can't be ashamed of your faith. Amen? You must always tell people about Jesus. Some will accept it, some will reject it. You have done your part. Your part is just to tell others about Jesus. Verse 9. It says, he who denies me before men will also be denied before the angels of God. How many of you want Jesus to deny you? How many of you want to be identified, you want to identify yourself with great men and great women? Yeah. You want to associate yourself with the great men and great women. If you want to associate yourself with them, they also want to associate themselves with you. So Jesus is saying, if you deny me, I will deny you. That's simple, isn't it? Verse 10. It says, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. So please be careful what you are saying about the Holy Spirit. Because if you say the wrong things about the Holy Spirit, you will not be forgiven. Verse 11. It says, now when they bring you to the synagogues, and the magistrates and authorities do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Hallelujah. So when you find yourself, remember, uh, we were looking at the teaching on the Holy Spirit, our advocate. He is our, our lawyer. And the purpose of the lawyer is to speak on your behalf in the court of law. So he's saying that when you stand before men during a time of persecution, don't, don't think about what you're going to say. For the Holy Spirit will speak through you. He will speak for you. Amen. Now let's go to verse 13. Verse 13 is key. That's where our teaching is going to start from. It said, then from the crowd said, then one from the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. This is very powerful. Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness. 
For one man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. Then I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20, But God said to him, Excuse my language, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. So tonight, like I said, we are looking at the parable of a certain rich man. The parable of a certain rich man. From verse 13, Jesus said, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So here you can see two brothers fighting over inheritance. Does that remind you of someone you know? Or a family you know? who are always fighting over a dead father's inheritance. It is a shame for children to fight over their father's property. Why don't you go and work and get your own? Amen? Get your own. Work hard and provide for yourself. I remember when my dad passed away, or before he passed away, the moment I gave my life to Christ, I had nothing. I had nothing to my, my name. All I had was Jesus Christ. I said to my dad, when you are about to die, please don't put me in your will. Don't put my name in your will. That sounded like an arrogant statement, isn't it? I said to him, don't put my name in your will. Why? Because I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I don't want any of my father's inheritance. Some people are waiting for their parents to die so they can inherit their properties. May I say this? Shame on you. It's a big shame. So these two brothers were fighting over their father's inheritance. And we see this happening. It will interest you to know that there are some families that are still in court 15 years, 20 years after their father is dead. And the money they have wasted on court fees, lawyers, solicitors, and everything could actually buy them more properties than they are fighting over. Isn't it sad? So this person shouted from the crowd 
And as teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. That means one of the brothers has taken everything the father left, not being considerate. Isn't it interesting? We currently have a situation in this nation where a, a former prime minister of the same party taking a current prime minister of the same party to court over something he did many years ago. <laughs> Most of the times, people who don't show compassion are those whom compassion has been shown to. How many of you remember the, 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 the parable of the person who was owing the judge? He was owing the judge a lot of money and then the judge forgave him of his, of his debts. And then when he left the judge present, he went and when he was going, he found somebody who was owing him. And then he held the person's neck and said, pay me my money, pay me my money. And guess what? The money that person was owing him was little compared to what he was owing the judge. And later on, when the judge heard of it, the judge called him back and said, how can you be this wicked? You were owing more, I forgave you. This one is owing you less, and you, don't you are not willing to forgive him. Now, this can be said of the church. Most of the time, the most judgmental people in the church are those who have been forgiven. When we receive forgiveness, we have to learn to pass forgiveness onto others. The reason why most of the time sinners cannot come to the church is because we become too judgmental. We judge people on what they wear. We judge people on what they, what they put on. We judge people on what, how they smell. We judge people on how they talk. There is therefore no condemnation. The church must be a place where we are not condemning. Are you, forget, are you following what I'm saying? That's why the place of the altar is a place of transformation. Say amen to that. Amen. Verse 14 of Luke chapter 12, the Bible says that, and he said to him, Jesus said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? So Jesus basically was saying to these two brothers, I am not a judge. I am not an arbitrator. I'm not the one to, to, to bring peace in your family. You should know better. And most of the times, those who should know better do the wrong thing. Amen? Amen. Verse 15, the Bible says, And he said to them, this is a very important lesson. Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness. One of the problems of the world today is covetousness. What is covetousness? Covetousness is simply coveting something that is somebody's and wanting it to be yours. Let me say this. One of the greatest gifts you ever ask God to give you is the gift of contentment. The gift of what? Contentment. 
when God gives you one pound, be content with your one pound. And when you live a life of contentment, I'm telling you, you'll go far in life. That's why the Bible says that contentment with godliness is what? Great gain. We have to learn to be content. Yes, it's good to desire for more. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with asking God for more. There is nothing wrong with asking God and believing God for bigger things. But you have to learn to be content wherever you are. Wherever you are. Yes, you are believing God for some bigger things, but today he's giving you something small. Manage the small. Thank God for the small. Take care of the small, and then the big will come. Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness. Why? For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. One's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. So now what Jesus is saying is that, yes, it's good to have possessions. But your life should not be centered around your possessions. Hallelujah. It's good to have things. It's good to have money. Money is good. But you should never allow money to determine your mood. Unfortunately, many people get more happy when it's payday. <laughs> they only get happy when it's payday. So that means if it's not payday, there is no happiness. Hallelujah. Verse 15, verse 16. Verse 16. Then Jesus spoke to them in a parable saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Now remember we are talking about what? The parable of a certain rich man. So Jesus is teaching on covetousness and then he started giving them a parable of a certain rich man. It says the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. How many of you want your ground to yield plentifully? That's our heart desire. Is there anything wrong with your ground yielding plentifully? No. no. It's a good thing. As a matter of fact, it means progress in life. It means you're doing well. If your bank account is producing plentifully, it means you are doing well in life. Praise God. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to go to the shop and buy anything you want without restriction. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to have more than enough and not to be worried about tomorrow. It's a good thing. Amen. Say amen. amen. It's a good thing. So the Bible says that Jesus said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And that's my prayer for you. That your ground will yield plentifully. Everything your hand touches will yield how? Plentifully. Everything you do, it will yield how? Plentifully. As a matter of fact, 
I'm prophesying over you tonight that a new season has opened over you and it's a season of walking in plentifully. You will never know lack anymore. You will never struggle anymore. You will never be in a tight place anymore. In the name of Jesus. You need to write that down. That I have come into a season where my ground will yield plentifully. Favor will be flowing towards you in a plentiful dimension. What you have not done from the beginning of this year, you will do it this month. You say, Pastor, I don't know how, but this month, you watch the kind of favor that is going to flow towards you. I was there a couple of days ago and I received an email of something. I said, this person wants you to have this at this. I said, wow. It's, it's something we listed on our expectation. And it just happened just like that. We're not just, so every time when we come and we lift up our expectation and we are praying over it, God is working behind the scenes. He's working behind the scenes. And this is something we've been trying to do for so long. For so long. And then all of a sudden, it just happens. Hallelujah. So you have to understand how God operates. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season where everything you have invested in will be yielding fruit. Say a good amen. Amen. Verse 17. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 12. The Bible says that, and he thought within himself. Oh. He thought within himself. Now, Now, Jesus is talking about this certain rich man whose ground yielded plentifully. And the next thing this rich man started doing is he, the Bible says, he thought within himself. He thought within himself. He took God out of the equation. He started reasoning within himself. Most of the time, that's what happens. When God blesses church members, they start thinking within themselves. How am I going to spend this money now? <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says that he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? Look at the level of blessing he's walking in. Can you see the level of blessing he's walking in? He's walking in so much blessing that as a matter of fact, he has no room to be able to store the blessing that is coming. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. God said, if you bring in the tithe, I will open you the windows of heaven that you will not have room enough to contain the blessing." 
That's the kind of blessing this man was walking in. He had so much wealth that he had no place to store the wealth. Remember the case of Abraham and Lot. The Bible says that Abraham and Lot were so rich, so wealthy, that the land could not contain them. The land could not contain them. Somebody is coming to that season. The land will not be able to contain you. <laughs> For now, it looks like it looks like you are you are experiencing hand to mouth. For now, it looks like you are feeding yourself. But the time is coming, you'll be feeding a whole village. You'll be feeding a whole nation. You'll be feeding a whole generation. That is what's going to happen to you. God will give you, bring you into the season of more than enough. The Bible says that he had no room enough to store his crops. Verse 18, it says, so he said, I will do this. I will pull down my bands and build greater. Is that a good idea? Yeah, it's a good idea. That's a good planner right there. He's a good planner. Would you say so? He said, I will do this. I will pull down my bands and build greater. There I will store all my crops and my goods. Now look at what is happening here. He's leaving God out of the equation. All he's saying is, I will. I will. I will. He's now relying on his own might, his own power, his own strength. He said, I will. I will. And that's what happens most of the time. When God blesses us, we forget about God. We forget to even say, if God wills tomorrow. We say things like, tomorrow I will go. As if the breath you are breathing is yours. Next month I will go. <laughs> you ought to say, if God wills, if it is in the will of God, if God permits, I will. The moment you do that, you bring God to the center of your planning. Any plan you plan without God being the center of it will not work. It will not work. It might look as if it's working, but the end will be full of struggling. He said, I will do this. I will pull down my bands and build greater. There I will store all my crops and my goods. Verse 19. He's continuing. Verse 19. He said, I will say to my soul. Is the soul his? Is the soul that you have, is it yours? Do you know how it came to be? You have even no concept, the dynamics of how the soul operates. He said, I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. 
take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> this is soulish talking. The soul man. He said, I will say to my soul, I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods. Soul, you have many properties. Soul, you have many qualifications. Soul, you have much money. You have many money in the bank account. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Soul, take your ease. Soul, eat. Soul, drink. Soul, be merry. Many forget God. Those who forget God. Just take a second to think about the vows you've made to God. I know many, many people, most of us that were not born in this country, from wherever we came from. Before we came, we made a covenant with God. God, if you bring me to the UK, God, if you bring me to the US, God, if you take me to Europe, I will never forget you. I will save you all the days of my life. And the moment we come, we forget God. We forget the vow. I remember when I, was, I, I got a scholarship to come to this country. I had just started a, a prayer meeting. And I, well, I was enjoying the prayer meeting. It was powerful. We go to the park. We pray for hours. We pray overnight. And it was awesome. And when I got the visa and the scholarship to come and study, I actually, before I got the visa, I prayed to God. I said, because I had many things about coming to the UK. I had many things. Many people said, if you go to Babylon, we, we used to call it then Babylon. If you go to Babylon, you backslide. <laughs> so I said, God, if you're going to be bring me to Babylon to backslide, please don't let me even get the visa. I said to God, I don't even want the visa because I don't want anything to come between me and you. I love you so much. I just want to be with you. That was my vow then. Before I went and I got the visa, I said, okay, since I got the visa, it's in your will. You know that I will not backslide. But many people we pray, not, I mean, let's not even talk about those who have come from outside. Those who are here. God, give me visa. God, give me, give me settlement. God, give me British. God, give me American visa. God, give, God gives us and we forget everything. We used to be committed to the house of God. We backslide. We used to come to church regularly. Now there's a shift on a church service day. We take the shift and forget about God. We say, oh God, you know, 
I'll bring you tithes and offerings. For your information, obedience is more important than sacrifice. Hallelujah. He said to his soul, soul, be merry. Soul, you have many goods. Soul, rejoice. Soul, get excited. Soul, eat. Soul, drink. Soul, be at ease. Verse 20. The Bible says that, but God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. When? This night. Your soul, the soul you are saying, eat, rejoice, make merry. God said tonight, <laughs> it will be required. That means it will be called back. To where it came from. That means that soul was not yours in the first place. Did you not hear recently a multi millionaire committed suicide in prison? He thought he had it all, he had private islands. Never happened. Committing suicide in prison? Even poor people don't commit suicide in prison. He thought his soul was his. <laughs> but that's a big case which is going to be unraveled very soon. There are very wicked men and wicked women out there doing wicked things. And very soon they will be revealed. I said they will be revealed. God will expose them. God will expose them. There's a certain prime minister of a certain nation who was persecuting Christians, seeking for second election, second term. And then all of a sudden, something he did many years ago has come up that is going to block him from getting a second term. You can't persecute God's people and go scot-free. God knows how to work behind the scenes. Nebuchadnezzar thought he was the most powerful. But God said, I'll teach you humility. He took him to the forest to learn how to behave with animals. So please, Every plan you are making, let God be the center of that plan. Yes, it's good to plan. It's good to know A, B, C, D. That's great. But where is God in that A, B, C, D? You're planning to get married. Where is God in that plan? You're planning to buy a house. Where is God in that plan? You are planning for your children's education. Where is God in that plan? God must be in the center of every plan. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Oh, I said hallelujah. Yeah. God must be in the center of every plan. The Bible says that God said to him, you fool, tonight your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things which be those things be which you have provided? The things that you are calling yours. The big band. The big, the big bank account. The big land that is yielding. Who, who is going to take? Whose is it going to be? God said, I'm going to recall your soul tonight. The parable of a certain rich man. And look at his mindset. Look at his thinking. Look at Psalm 39 verse 6. Psalm 39 verse 6. It says, surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. So there are some who are heaping up riches. But guess what? These riches they are heaping up is for somebody else to gather. They are busy bodies. Some people don't sleep. They wake up from bed 5 a.m., go to work, 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 come back. 11.30 p.m. <laughs> Busy body. Hipping, 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 hipping. And then somebody else enjoys everything they have heaped. Listen, church, there's a wealth transfer coming. Amen. The Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, for the righteous. There is a wealth transfer coming. You say, Pastor, do you believe it? I believe in God. I believe the word of God. God's word is true. God says that I'll give you houses you did not build. Not only that, I'll give you cities you did not build. I'll cause you to inherit grapevines that you did not plant. That will be your story from today. I said that will be your story from today. Get ready. Favor is coming to locate you. One of these days, just like this week, favor located me. This week, the coming weeks, the coming months, favor will locate you. It will locate you. It will be an unprecedented favor. It will be a fearful favor. The Bible says God arise for the set time to favor Zion is now. The time for you to be favored is now. Your serving God is not in vain. I said your serving God is not in vain. The God that I serve, he will favor your righteous cause. In the name of Jesus. Find out verse, verse 21 of Luke chapter 12. Verse 21, the Bible says that, so is he, so is he who lays up treasure for himself 
and it's not reached towards God. Isn't it interesting? I think Pastor Zama read that scripture in, in the same scripture in Matthew during the time of the offering. She didn't know what I was going to preach. Jesus is saying that don't lay up treasures for yourself here on earth. Jesus is saying be rich towards God. Let your heart desire be towards God. You see, let me tell you one of the best ways of getting things from God. Let God's heartbeat be your heartbeat. Let what God cares about be what you care about. Jesus puts it plainly. Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that the world is dying to get will come chasing after you. Can I say this? Christianity is not about materialism. There are a lot of Christians, they are serving God is centered on materialism. Christianity is not about materialism. Let's get this. Christianity is about going after the heartbeat of God. Yes, ask for the house he will give you. Yes, the cars he will give you. Promotions he will give you. But don't let that be the center of your relationship with God. Any relationship that is based on materialism does not last. Write that down. It will help you. Any relationship that is centered on materialism will not last. Because the moment there is no material things, there will be no relationship. But if your relationship with God is centered on his love, his heart, what he cares about, he will give you the material things. How many of you remember Esther? When Esther came to the king, the Bible says that the king lifted up his scepter and asked Esther, what do you want? Unto half of the kingdom, I'll give it to you. Just please God. When you please God, he will give you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Don't don't be worried who is gone ahead of you. Just please God. Everything you'll ever need is in God. I'm telling you, your peace is in God. Your, Your promotion is in God. Everything you'll ever need is in God. Just please him. Just love him. As God becomes the center of your heart, you'll begin to see. Favor will begin to flow towards you. I have never lacked any good thing. My heart desire has always been God. I was looking at my vision for the year and the number of souls I'm supposed to win each month for the whole year. And then I look at it and I say, God, look. 
Look. Look at the vision for the year. But in one month, I want more souls in one month for the whole year put together combined. As I win souls, he continues to bless me. That's our place. That's our place. Can you imagine the lady who led me to Christ many years ago, if she had not led me to Christ, where would I be today? The one who led you to Jesus, if they had not led you to Jesus, where will you be today? Just think about it. That's why we can't stay silent. Let God's hard desire be your hard desire. Material things will come when you follow God. The husband will come. You know, when I married my wife, I was not praying for a wife. I was looking to please God. I was looking to fulfill this commission, to start. And then he brought my wife. Do you see how it works? If I had not started, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have brought my wife. Can, can you see how it works? When I started the vision, God brought my wife. Can you imagine if I was still waiting and say, oh, God, if you don't give me a wife, I will not start. I will still be single by now. I'll still be single, probably more frustrated. Very angry single man. I show, I come to church. And, uh, very, very, very bitter single pastor. When I started, he brought the wife. And when she came, she came, then it was a fellowship. When she came, I was observing her. One day we had a barbecue. We had a barbecue feeding the whole place. We started feeding people from the beginning of the ministry. We had a barbecue. It was my money that paid for all. We were not taking offering then. Yeah. I had a barbecue, fed a whole flat invited a lot of people and when she came the way she was going around you know you know talking to people are you enjoying the barbecue are you enjoying the meat I was also looking I said mm, this one can relate well to to people when I'm when I'm in the church for long she will not be angry I said ah, okay God has brought her praise God Hallelujah. I said, God has brought her. God, this is my barbecue. I'm giving people barbecue and God has brought my own barbecue. You see, when you take care of God's house, he will take care of your house. Amen. You take care of God's house, he will take care of your house. And finally, I proposed to her. It was a tough journey. She said no for a long time, but finally it did happen. I'm a man at peace. When I sleep on my bed by my wife, I don't open one eye and I'm checking 
is she going to put acid in my ears? No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you know some men, some husbands cannot sleep on their own bed? They cannot sleep. Some wives cannot sleep. They cannot sleep. <laughs> Amen. As they are sleeping on the bed, one person is thinking evil, evil, evil. I read a story of a husband and a wife married for seven years. On their seventh anniversary, the woman puts antifreeze in the man's food. Seventh wedding anniversary. Their anniversary meal, she put antifreeze in the man's food and his face was disfigured completely. Why did she do that? Because she was in debt up to 200,000 pounds. She wanted to kill the man so that she can take the money to pay off her debt. So that means for all these seven years, every day when they were sleeping on the bed, she was planning, how am I going to kill him? He has insurance. How am I going to kill him so I can get the insurance? The heart of man is desperately wicked. Let your heart be after God. Let your heart chase after God. Pant after God. And when you do that, every decision you make, let God be the center of it. Like I've always said, there is nothing you do for God that takes you down. Everything you do for God takes you up. This is the parable of of a certain rich man. And we know his end. His soul was requested because he did not understand the purpose for which he was blessed. Some of us, God has blessed us, but we don't understand what's the purpose of the blessing. I've gotten to the point where whatever God gives me, not it didn't start now, it's been for years. That has always been my principle. Whatever God blesses me with. First question I ask, who is this for? Is this for me? Or this for your house? Or this for someone? If it's for me, I share it with my family. If it's for God's house, I sacrifice it for the house. If it's for somebody else, it goes. Selfless. What one thing would you like to be remembered for if tomorrow you're no longer around? Are you, do you want to be remembered for good or for bad? The choice is yours. You can make that decision now. Life does not consist of the abundance of things. Let's not be a church that is materialistic. As a matter of fact, we are losing the Christian value the value Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what he came for. Not for how many Mercedes Benz we can get. 
It's good. We'll get all of that. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. No, what's the biggest house I can live in? It's all good. But our core value and call is to reach the lost. At all costs. At all costs. At all costs. So when God blesses you, the first question you have to ask is, Father, what is this blessing for? Can you imagine being the distribution center of God's blessing to the world? You can never be the distributing center and not taste of what you are distributing. It does never happen. This bottle is the distribution center of this water. Does the water touch this bottle or not? Of course. The distribution center of the perfume is the bottle. Definitely the bottle smells of perfume. So when you are the distribution center, definitely you'll experience a blessing also. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's give Jesus a better praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't we rise up on our feet? Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. 